what do you do when you struggle with anxiety? Now, that's not just a hook to get you into the episode. That's actually real life because I have struggled with anxiety for years, for over 14 years, really. And even though God has given me a lot of victory over that battle in terms of the severity of it, there's still seasons where anxiety just raises its hand and I still wrestle with it. I still have to relearn lessons that I thought I'd already learned. And so for the last two weeks, I've been in a bit of a spiritual funk where I just feel a little off and I've had some anxiety that I haven't been able to get to the bottom of, at least on the surface level. And it's caused me to really do a lot of prayerful processing to determine what's at the root of it. What is God saying to me through my feelings? What is God not saying to me through my feelings? What is true and what is just emotion? And where do I need to go to get the help that I need? So I want to talk about that today because all of us have wrestled with some level of anxiety. Maybe you have struggled with intense anxiety in your life. Maybe you've had to go get professional help for that. Maybe it's medication. Maybe it's a godly Christian counselor. Some of you have never struggled with it on that level, but you still have anxious thoughts. You still have anxious feelings. You still have had times where you feel like overwhelmed with whatever life was throwing at you. And so I think there's going to be something for everyone in this episode today because we all have those moments. But here's what I want to tell you. I am a pastor. I am, you know, some form of spiritual director on a podcast. I don't know your life. I don't know the details of your journey. I don't know your history, your genetic makeup. I don't know your the biochemistry of your brain. I do know we all need Jesus. And I do know that Jesus has formed us in our hearts and our minds to work at an optimal level. But there's a lot of layers that go into that healing. And so anxiety on some levels I can talk about from how do you process your feelings? How can you bring your heart to the Lord? What are some good best practices when it comes to processing your emotions? But for those of you that struggle with intense anxiety, you need to get professional help for that. You need to be able to go to a godly Christian counselor, a licensed medical professional, a doctor, because they will be able to give you some tools and often some medication and things that will help you in ways that a simple podcast can't help you. So maybe this can be a catalyst for you to get the help that you need. But I do want to give you some questions today, six questions that you can pray through and you can journal about, and you can process to help you bring your heart to the Lord in a real authentic way, and to help you start to make sense at what could be the thing underneath the thing in your feelings. So let me help you in that way. But for those of you who need help with your chronic anxiety, with your struggle, your long-term battle with anxiety, go get the proper help that you need from people that are in your life, like a pastor, like a counselor, like a doctor. So that being said, today on Dreamers and Disciples, I'm going to share with you some of my struggle in the past with anxiety. I struggle with it off and on for 14 years, and God has delivered me from a lot of it. God has really rescued me from the intensity of of some of the battle that I faced, yet I still sometimes find myself relearning the same lessons that I thought I'd already been given victory over. 
So we're going to talk about that today. Like I said, we're going to talk about the six questions that I'm actually processing in real time that I want to help you with. But first, I want to at least read this one review to you that I got. It's a, a, a DM that I got on Instagram from a listener. And she says, Hi, Pastor Joy. I've been meaning to message you for a few weeks. I've been listening to your Dreamers and Disciples podcast on Spotify. Shout out to our Spotify listeners out there. Your teaching has been and is pivotal for the path that I'm on. Anyway, I really just wanted to say thank you for what you're doing and how you're being led to reach and teach. I appreciate your way of teaching and have particularly enjoyed the episodes Stop Waiting on an Audience and Wrestling with Why and your first episodes in August, Susan. Thank you, Susan. Thanks for listening, not just to those few episodes that you you mentioned, but all the way back in August. I think we're on episode 32 now, so you've been here for the whole journey. So thank you for your encouragement. And I'd encourage any of you that have just started tuning into the podcast, make sure you listen to those episodes. They're some of my favorites too. Stop Waiting on an Audience. That's about some lessons I have learned about doing what God has called you to do and put in you to do for the pure joy of offering it back to Him rather than trying to impress other people. And then wrestling with why, wrestling with why do certain hard things happen in our lives. So I hope those episodes can bless you. And also now, for all of the newer episodes, you can watch them. You can watch full episodes and podcast clips on my new YouTube channel. I encourage you to check that out. There'll be a link in the show notes And not only will there be Dreamers and Disciples content on there, but there's going to be some sermon content, maybe some behind-the-scenes content, and just life with my family. So it's going to be fun. So subscribe to the podcast and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And I'm excited to see what we do there. And I think it's going to be a really fun journey. Okay, back to talking about anxiety. So the feeling of anxiety is not always a bad thing. It's actually a very useful tool that God's given us to alert us to danger. In moments, it can be very helpful. It can actually save your life. It's chronic, unresolved, unnecessary anxiety that takes its toll on all of us. And it's anxiety that rears its head and you don't know why it's there. And it's a result of things that are just going on under the surface that you're not even aware of. And so I don't remember truly struggling with anxiety until after my twins were born. So 14 years ago, when my twins were born, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, they were three months premature and they were in the hospital for three months. We were told that they probably wouldn't survive. And it was just a really intense, just traumatic experience for my wife and I. And even though God did a lot of miracles in their lives, it it was a tough road. And there was a lot of surgeries and procedures that happened even after they came home. And so I would struggle with anxiety in the hospital. You know, my wife was very calm during that time. She was more of the rock. I was a bit of the, the emotional one. And so we processed that over the next four years after they were born until we finally were ready to have another child. And so then we had Sydney, our youngest child, and then she was born with cystic fibrosis, which it felt like all those feelings flooded back to me. And this time they were only more intense. But I, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, I felt like I had to be strong for my wife and for our family. And 
for the team at the church where I was a pastor. And I just kept so many of those feelings bottled up. And I didn't want to admit that I had an issue. And so one time around 2013, I was preaching at Elevation Church. And I remember as I was preaching, it felt like there was like this circle that started to close in where I couldn't see anything else around me. And I was barely seeing the people that were right in front of me that I was preaching to. I started to feel lightheaded. I felt like I was about to pass out. And I was in the middle of a sermon that I was preaching and I grabbed hold of of the podium and almost had like this weird experience to where I was preaching, but I wasn't really aware of what I was saying. And the whole rest of my mind was just saying, please don't pass out. Please don't pass out. Please don't pass out. And then that happened again the next time I preached. And it happened again a week later when I was driving somewhere. And I realized that I was having a panic attack for the first time that I could ever remember having one. And I didn't know what to do. I was terrified. I was freaking out. I didn't know what that meant. And so I I told my wife, which she knew something was going on, but I was able to, to fully unpack it with her. And we decided that I needed to go to the doctor and just figure out what was going on. So I remember going to see my doctor and him prescribing some some different medication for me and then going to see a counselor and processing some of the stuff that I had experienced with our daughters and with just even the intensity of of my job and and everything and, and just a lot of stuff that I didn't realize was there under the surface. And so it took me several years uh, to really work through that battle. And it, it involved not just going to see counselors and going to see a doctor, it involved a lot of prayer and going to God saying, God, first of all, I need you. Like this is showing me the depth of my need for you in a way I'd never experienced before. And then it started to cause me to look at my life and, and realize that, okay, anxiety is just not caused from circumstances. It's not just caused from a spiritual level. It can be caused from not eating well, not exercising well, not sleeping right. And so started to put some other pieces together in my life. And I felt like the Lord really started to give me some victory over it. Well, then 2020 happened and you know we were afraid about Sydney having cystic fibrosis and everything that that could mean for her and just being secluded in our house and just how crazy ministry got. And that led me to feeling this sense of just low level anxiety. There were no panic attacks, but it was just this anxiety that was just running all the time in the back of my mind. And that led me to pray in June of 2020, which I've shared in this podcast where I felt like I was asking God, you know, God, why do I feel this way? And I felt like the Lord showed me that over the last year, I had gotten out of rhythm in so many areas that I wasn't creating the space for God to heal me and for me to have healthy habits. And so over the last two years, that's been a huge focus of my life is realizing the power of healthy rhythms. It's a lot of what this podcast is about. And God used it once again, transform my life where I was experiencing so much freedom, so much fulfillment in my prayer rhythms, in my time in God's word, and just being present and really learning to hear from God in a different way. And so I haven't had a panic attack since those times back in 2013. And in a lot of ways, I haven't had that same sense of 
you know, that low hum anxiety since 2020. But I still have moments where I get extremely anxious and it causes me to take a step back and say, okay, what, what's going on here? And so the last couple of weeks, I had another one of those moments to where I was just feeling something just feels, something just feels a little off. And it drove me to this scripture, Psalm 139, 23 through 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Let me read it one more time. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And what I started doing, and I used a lot of the tools that God has taught me in the last two years, is I began to pray through, why am I feeling this way? And I started to journal and I started to have conversations. And I found that God did so much in my heart over the last couple of weeks as I opened my heart to him to let him search me and test me and let me really see what is at the root of these anxious thoughts. Because the last part of that verse says, and lead me in the way everlasting. The whole point of opening our heart to God is to lead or to allow him to lead us into truth, into righteousness, into freedom, into hope in the way everlasting. So I'm going to give you six questions that in some form or fashion I have prayed through and processed over the last two weeks and also what God has taught me through it. So this is real time. And these first three questions are more like listening questions. Like, God, what are you speaking to me through this? And then the last three questions are more action related. They're more about things that you need to say, maybe to others, to God, actions you need to take. So here's the first question. What is this feeling telling me? What is this feeling telling me? I've said before on the podcast that feelings are great indicators. They're bad decision makers, but they're great indicators. They tell you what may be going on under the surface. They might tell you the symptom of something. So it could be something as basic as, has my sleep changed? Am I staying up later? Am I sleeping in? What about my diet and exercise? Has anything gotten out of bounds there? Am I watching and consuming too much entertainment and not being as present as I need to be to have a healthy soul? Where are my rhythms off? So use the feelings to try to diagnose if there's something going on that's a minor tweak. That's just, you know, something that is a rhythm that's out of balance. Maybe this feeling is telling me that you know what? It's just a hard season right now. There's a lot of stuff that just came up. There's some circumstances that were triggers and it's not even anything off with my rhythms. It's just life. <laughs> there are seasons of life that are hard. There are unforeseen circumstances that cause anxiety to rise up in us because it's our body trying to warn us. But it lets you begin to become aware of that. And also, you know, if you want to learn how to diagnose and evaluate your rhythms, I have a free ebook, Seven Rhythms to Renew the Health of Your Soul. I'll put a link in the show notes. It's a good guide for you to evaluate your rhythm. So that's one place to start. Then you can start looking at things like, is there an idol in my life that is feeling threatened? Because a lot of times when we feel anxious, it's because something that we value or prize is being threatened in our life. 
And if anything is taking the place at the center of your life other than Christ, and we're placing our security in that thing, then we can feel a lot of anxiety when that thing is being threatened. So is this feeling pointing towards something that has become an idol in your life? That's one thing to process through. Is there unconfessed sin? Sometimes the greatest thing that can make you feel anxious is sin that you aren't willing to bring to the light. Sometimes you can ask yourself, am I trying to please someone else more than God and I am crushed under the weight of trying to win their approval? Am I trying to find my worth in the wrong thing? So those are some ways you can start to ask, what is this feeling telling me? Now, here's what I came to without going into specifics, but as I was processing this question, I realized that there's a certain pain that I have that is unresolved from my past and that there are certain feelings that are stored in my body that react at specific triggers. And so it was helpful for me to see, okay, here's the issue that I thought was dealt with, but I actually don't think it is. And here's some triggers that cause that feeling to rise to the top. Also, I realized that my morning routine was off and I wasn't as consistent due to traveling. So I thrive on routine. That's just the way my personality is. And I think for all of us, there's value in rhythms and routine. But my morning prayer rhythms, my morning exercise rhythms had gotten a little bit inconsistent because I've been traveling a lot and you know I was trying to work things in when I could. And there's freedom for that for sure. But I realized for me and what helps me function best, I needed to get back to a certain way that I was starting my day and also get to bed at a certain time so that I could feel rested because all of that factors in to your well-being. So those are some of the things that I felt like my feelings were telling me. Here's the second question. What is my anxiety not telling me? What is it not telling me? So let me give you some context for this question. So your feelings might tell you that you are alone, that God has abandoned you. It's telling you that the chapter that you're in is the whole story, but that's not the true message because that is not the truth. So Psalm 34, 18 is the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Psalm 73, 26 says my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So we have to learn to say, okay, I know this is what I'm hearing from my feelings, but it's not really telling me that. It's just telling me that there's something I need to pay attention to, but what I'm actually hearing from my feelings and the narrative that I'm telling myself, that is a lie. That is an untruth. That is a partial reality. It is not the full reality. See, here's something I really want you to get. You don't have to feel God to trust God. You don't have to feel the presence of Jesus to follow Jesus. Some days I feel God, some days I don't. I want to feel him. I yearn for that. But if I relegated my obedience to only when it felt like I wanted to obey, my life would be in shambles. Some days I feel sad. Some days I feel angry. Some days I feel nothing. Sometimes I don't even slow down enough to know how I feel. But every feeling or lack of feeling is an invitation to draw closer in trust and communion with God because we can take our feelings and say, God, this is what I feel. This is the narrative my feelings are trying to get me to believe. But what is your narrative? What are you actually wanting to say to me? So we actually take something that can drive us further away from God and we use that momentum to drive us actually closer towards the Lord. 
And just realize this too, let me set some of you free. No matter how well you take care of your body, no matter how consistent you are with prayer, no matter how disciplined you are, there are going to be days where you feel off, where you feel anxious, where you're tired. There are so many different factors in why that can be the case that it doesn't mean that you're unhealthy. It doesn't mean that you're out of God's will. It just means that you're human. You need to learn how to give yourself grace and step back and be like, okay, this is just a bad day. This is not my whole life going off the rails. That's why Jeremiah says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? It doesn't mean don't try to understand it. It just means that we're only going to be able to understand so much and we need the light and the wisdom of God to help us discern. So here's what I was feeling and what I had to learn what was and wasn't the truth through this process for me. I was feeling condemnation because I have a podcast about healthy rhythms and, you know, about healthy prayer and hearing from God. And I was feeling anxious and confused. So that made me feel like, well, gosh, why would anyone listen to me when I don't know how to process what I'm feeling right now? You know, my feelings weren't telling me that I had, I was on the wrong assignment for my life. It wasn't telling me that I wasn't close to the Lord. Instead, I was learning to seek God even when I didn't feel like seeking God. Even when I didn't feel close to God, I was learning that while my emotions are important motivators, they're bad masters. I was learning to lay down the idol of emotionalism and grow in the fruit of the spirit of faithfulness. So you have to separate your feelings from truth. And this is often where you need other people's help to help you do that. And we're going to get to that in a moment. But here's the third listening question I want to give you. What might God want me to pay attention to? What might God want me to pay attention to? So 1 Peter 5, 6 through 8 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And then here's verse 8. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. See, we've all heard, if you've grown up in church, cast all your anxiety on God because he cares for you. So I think the number one thing God wants you to pay attention to is, hey, bring this to me. Like, I love you. I care for you. I want you to hear that. Like, God loves you. But I thought this was an important thing to consider is verse eight, be alert and of sober mind. You see, these are times when you're feeling like you're in a spiritual rut or you're dry or you're anxious to, like I said, step back and pay attention, pay attention to your rhythms, your patterns, to is there anything going on under the surface that's sinful, that needs to be repented of, and be of sober mind because the enemy may be using something to try to tear you down, to try to harm you. And this is a chance for you to stop and say, God, what am I not seeing? What do I need to pay attention to? And God will do that. God will answer that question if you really want to know. And so here's what I learned. I have a tendency to seek security in people and their opinion of me. I've always struggled with people pleasing, but I also realize I tend to place my security in the relationships I have, the connections I have, and so many things like that, rather than strictly depending on Jesus. I've also realized that I have this weird tendency to be suspicious of God, thinking that if I want something, then God doesn't want it for me, or if I don't want something, that means He does want it for me. 
And now I get sometimes things happen to us that we don't want to happen. And then sometimes things don't happen that we want to happen. But if I really back up and look at the story of my life, it's the story of God's faithfulness and God's kindness and God's goodness. And I'm realizing that when I get anxious, I have gaps in my memory where I forget God's faithfulness and that causes gaps in my trust. And I'm having to learn that when I'm anxious, this is a chance for me to say, God, help me to trust you at a deeper level. God wants all of my trust. He doesn't want me to be suspicious. He wants me to trust in all of his promises, his goodness, his faithfulness, his sovereignty in my life, the way he's leading me and, and guiding me. And, and even the hard things are used for my good. So he's calling me out of suspicion and into trust, into trusting his goodness. And so once again, Psalm 139.24 says, See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. The offensive way I saw in me was, wow, there are areas of my life where I am not fully trusting God and I need to bring my heart to Him and repent of that lack of trust. So I need to realize that it's not for my feelings to lead, but it's for God to lead. He is my strength. He is my security. Okay, here are the final three questions. And these are more, honestly, they lead to declarations of faith. And so the first is this, what do I need to say to my feelings? Now we've asked, what are my feelings telling me? But now what do we need to say back to our feelings? And I love Psalm 103, one through five. It says it best, praise the Lord, my soul. You're telling your soul to praise. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. We have to tell our feelings what is true based on God's word, what is true based on the actual totality of our circumstances. We have to, to give our feelings context, and that starts with the word of God. And, and for me, worship is the best way to speak to my feelings to say, okay, I'm not going to forget God's benefits. I'm going to remember his kindness, remember his faithfulness. So I'm going to tell my soul to worship. And that's why one of the reasons why church is so important, but you can do this seven days a week. You don't just have to wait for Sundays. You can put on worship music. You can, sometimes when I'm going on my prayer walks, I sing old hymns and old cheesy nineties praise choruses. And people who see me walking in my neighborhood think I'm talking to myself and I'm crazy but it's me telling my soul to worship even when I don't feel like worshiping. So what do you need to tell your feelings? All right, here's the, the next question. What do I need to say to someone else? What do you need to say to someone else? See, this is where we can't deal. I'm not saying tell every single anxious thought you have to somebody, but when you are struggling with a repeated anxious thought or a repeated pattern of anxiety, this is where you need to bring someone into the conversation and ask for help. So maybe it's a trusted friend. Maybe it's your husband or your wife, a pastor, a counselor. I had a talk with my wife just the other day where I said, hey, th this is what I'm wrestling with. This is what I'm feeling. And I feel like I should be beyond this. And I even told her, I was like, I feel like this whole last you know, season, I've dealt with this one thing from a spiritual level but I haven't dealt with it from an emotional level. And so I told her, I was like, I need to set up some more counseling to deal with this from an emotional level. 
And I think that is not a sign of weakness. That is a sign of strength of saying, I don't have this all together. I need to invite someone in to this process. If you don't know where to start, like, like I said, number one, I think your pastor and your church community is a great place to start, but also betterhelp.com. It's an online resource to help you find godly Christian counselors. You can actually say you want a Christian counselor through BetterHelp, and that's a place to start. So don't feel like you have to fight this battle on your own. The biggest attack that the enemy wants to do when you're in a state of anxiety or in a state of being in a spiritual rut or a dry place, he wants you to isolate yourself. But it's when you invite other people in that can help you that you experience the grace and the power of God in a very real and tangible way. So I'm going to put the link to BetterHelp in the show notes in case you need a resource like that. And then finally, the last question is, what do I need to say to God? What do I need to say to God? And this is where I just encourage you to be honest with the Lord, to say, and I had a prayer time the other day where I said, God, I'm, I'm confused right now. I don't even really know why I feel this way. I thought I was beyond this, but it keeps coming back up and help me process this. God, I'm, I'm frustrated. But then I, I always try to go back and say, God, this is how I feel but this is who you are. I know you are good. I know you are faithful. I know you're with me. So once again, I'm speaking to my feelings by declaring who God is. And I'm being honest with God. I'm not sugarcoating it. But in the same way you see in David, in the Psalms, a lot of times the first half of a Psalm is brutally honest. And then David always comes back around to say, but this is the reality. This is where my hope is. This is who God is. And God, I trust you. And ultimately God wants us to say to him, I trust you, Lord. I depend on you. I don't depend on these earthly kingdoms. I don't depend on these things that the world says I need to depend on. You are my help. And I think Psalm 121 is a beautiful prayer and psalm to memorize. And honestly, I just want to end the podcast praying this over you, where David says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Lift your eyes to the Lord because your help comes from him. And sometimes going to the Lord, like I said before, also means saying, I need to bring someone with me on this journey so that they can help me in this process of healing. So I just want to encourage you, whatever you're feeling, whatever you're praying through, journal these questions. I want to give them to you one more time. Here's the listening questions. What is this feeling telling me? What is it not telling me? And what does God want me to pay attention to? And then the action questions, what do I need to say to my feelings? What do I need to say to someone else? And what do I need to say and confess to God? So I'm praying for you. I'm believing the peace and the grace and the love of Jesus in your life. And I pray that this episode has been helpful. And if it has been, share it with someone else. And then I hope to see you back here next week on Dreamers and Disciples. Mm -hmm.